You are listening to the fastest growing sports investing podcast in the world. If you're looking for no-nonsense, actionable sports investing information and insight, all geared to increase your bankroll, you've come to the right place. And now, the wait is over. Direct from the real MrACL.com, this is the ACL Pod featuring Captain Wags. I give you A. And with that, I want to welcome you all into the ACL pod featuring the one and only Cap'n Wags. I am ACL. He is Wags. We are here NFL week 14, college football week 15, I guess they're calling it these days. Uh, guys, please, if you have a, just a second, rate, review, subscribe for the pod. Please leave us a nice five-star review. We really do appreciate it. Retweet the pod. Tell your friends about the pod. Our numbers continue to grow, grow, grow every single week, and that is because of you, the loyal listeners. We certainly do appreciate it. Uh, Wags, here we are, man. Um, lots to get into. Obviously, I think we'll start with college football, as we always do, with the committee rankings. But before we do that, how's everything going? Ready for a big December here? Oh, yeah. Big December. We're coming into bowl season, NFL playoffs, uh, still playing ball, and I'm loving it. Uh, we just heard of, um, the NHL possibly coming back. Heard January, about that, man. January 13th is the target date, so that's exciting. Can't wait to uh, get that package up on the site. Is is that sort of a tentative? They're, that's what they're aiming for? Does it look like it's definitely going to happen? I mean, what kind of percent number would you put on that date happening? I would say 75% that's okay, going to happen. Good. Yeah, so I think it's it's the target date. Um, you know, it was January 1st. They had some uh, back and forth between the Players Association and the NHL, and uh, now they're targeting the 13th. So hopefully uh, it seems to be moving forward and progressing for a while there. It looked like a kind of a stalemate, and it wasn't going to really, uh, you know, nothing was really happening. And barring any issues with COVID or anything like that, uh, we'll, we'll see uh, some hopefully announcements coming soon. Good stuff. And of course the NBA guys is starting up in a couple weeks. The NBA one a day is going to be up on the site starting today. I'll be tweeting out about that. Best way to attack the NBA regular season is the NBA one a day. If you guys have followed me for years, you know, that's how I attack it. And we are very profitable doing that in the regular season. So look out for that. And as Wags mentioned, bowls coming up. A couple weeks until the bowls bowl season starts in college football this year. So that schedule will be out in the coming weeks as well. And that bowl package up on the site to the real MrACL.com. Wags, the committee yesterday on Tuesday. Guys, we're taping this on Wednesday as always. Top four rankings, Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State. And what do you know? The news came out today. Breaking news. Breaking news that the Big Ten Conference, they had an original rule that you had to have played six games to make the conference title game. And Michigan, of course, canceled the Michigan-Ohio State game this week because of COVID. So Ohio State was looking on the outside in, only five games potentially. So what do you do if you're the Big Ten? You can't have a Northwestern versus Indiana title game. No, 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 no. You meet this morning, you change the rule, and now they're going to let it Ohio State potentially into the title game with only playing five games. What a complete shock. Oh, yeah. Big shock, right? Revenue-driven <laughs> business, of course. We need Ohio State in there, not only for the name, but we need to get into the playoff to get some money. So let's, let's have them sneak in. And uh, here we go. Let's uh, get them into the Big Ten championship game. Yeah, man. So I know a few people that have Northwestern tickets to win the conference, 200 to 1. Indiana tickets to win the conference, 150 to 1. So obviously, if you have an Indiana ticket, you're probably not even going to make the title game at this point. So that's dead. If you have a Northwestern 200 to 1 ticket, you were potentially looking at playing Indiana in the title game, in which case the spread would be in the single digits. So if you have a 200 to 1 Northwestern ticket... Uh, getting to play Indiana, you're feeling pretty good. Now all of a sudden you have a 200-1 Northwestern ticket, and you have to go play Ohio State where you'll be a massive underdog. So a bad beat, a really screw job, if we're being honest with it, with uh, with ourselves based on the situation, for anyone with an Indiana and or a Northwestern ticket there. But as you said, it is a business, and money rules the day with these folks. So Absolutely. The 
Additional rankings, obviously, they came out top 25 last night. The one that sort of got to me was Iowa State. Uh, I don't know about you, Ag. Iowa State number seven in these rankings. They beat West Virginia. They smoked West Virginia. They look great. That's fine. They jumped to Cincinnati in these rankings. Cincinnati didn't play, and they dropped down a spot. <laughs> it's, 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 it doesn't make sense. I, I was talking to my brother um, after the, the rankings came out last week and unsure why they were even nine. They have two losses. They and have, one of those losses was to Louisiana week one. It's not like it was to yeah, Alabama. Right, right, exactly. Now, I, I get, you know, Louisiana is a decent team. But, I mean, if that's one of your two losses, yep. you can't be ranked in the top ten. Uh, you know, not no. It, it should not be happening like that. And um, you have one loss, Miami, behind them. And now, look, they have a big game this week. We'll talk about that a little later. Um it, Iowa State does not belong, and not only do they have a loss to Louisiana and, and another loss, I think, to Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State. You know, they beat Texas by three. Um, they beat, you know, uh, I'm trying to think. They have a, another couple of wins. TCU, I think, they beat by seven. They yeah, beat it, TCU by three points. Oh, and they three. Beat okay. Texas by three, and yep. they beat Texas Tech by sixteen. I mean. This is not a team that deserves, you know, maybe 15, 16, like maybe 14. But to be seventh, it just really doesn't make sense. And I don't really understand it. Um, But I guess it is what it is. And then that's what it is. And, you know, I would have loved to watch Cincinnati, whose game got canceled, and Ohio State, whose game got canceled, play this week. But, uh, you know, obviously not happening. Yeah. Yeah. We can see the people on the committee who are in the room. It's all about the Power Five. I mean, if you're one of the guy, the teams on the outside there, Coastal, Cincinnati, BYU, you're you're effectively drawing dead. And I talked about it last week. I don't understand. In basketball, everyone loves to see 68 teams. They want to keep expanding it to have even more. They love the upset, love this underdog making the final four run or whatever. But in college football, nobody wants to see that. Uh, it, it's just mind-boggling. It's just, it's as if upsets don't happen in college football every single year. So right. and they had a, they, Cincinnati this is, couldn't make a run. This is the year that they could have said, "Look, we have COVID. Let's yeah. try something out. Let's do uh, an you know eight team play, eight team playoff and, and see how that goes." Um, yeah, I think they're they're so stubborn. The NCAA, it's just it's incredible. They're so old school. They need they need to you know come out and and change things up. In my opinion, uh, eight team playoff would be amazing. I think uh, the fans would love it and uh, would make things a lot more interesting. Absolutely would. If you're interested in such things, Iowa State sixty to one, six zero sixty to one to win the national title. Cincinnati sixty to one to win the national title. And then the top five teams currently, Alabama's plus a hundred, so they're even money to win it all. Clemson plus two thirty. Uh, Ohio State after today's news plus four thirty, which isn't actually a bad number considering what happened today. Uh, Notre Dame plus seven fifty, and Florida eleven to one. I mean, Alabama is even if they lose uh, lose out there. They're going to be in. So at plus 100, I understand where that's coming from. Now, what happens, ACL, Mm -hmm. if UF beats Bama in the title game, Mm -hmm. Clemson beats Notre Dame, Mm -hmm. and now you have one loss Bama, one loss Florida, Mm -hmm. one loss Texas A&M, one loss Clemson, one loss Notre Dame, and an unbeaten Ohio State fighting out for four spots. I think at that point, Notre Dame might have a problem. Um, I think Alabama's in, so let's just put that to the side. And I th- and and you're assuming Ohio State wins out, right? And that's yeah, 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 exactly. Ohio State's in, so that's two. And you said Clemson beats Notre Dame, right? Yep. So that's three. So um, now you have UF, who just beats Bama, but yep. they have a loss to A and M, who's also ha- beat UF, which is probably too early. So my guess is UF probably jumps A and M. Correct, though they because lost of the it. Alabama win. Exactly. Yep. But now, yep. so then you have UF and Notre Dame fighting, fighting it out for that last spot. And, man, as we know about recency with, with this, I mean, if you're talking about Florida who just beat Alabama and at that point would probably have the Heisman Trophy winner uh, versus a Notre Dame team that just got beat by, say, 10 points in the, title, in the ACC title game to a Trevor Lawrence-led Clemson team, I think it's a no-brainer that they'd have to put Florida in at that point just because of the strength of the Alabama win. Absolutely crazy. And then you'd probably get a Notre Dame A&M Orange Bowl, and Miami would then go to the Toilet Bowl because uh, I mean, that's what they're they're hoping. And look, if Miami wins out, look, they have North Carolina, which is going to be a really good game this week. Three-point favorites, yep. Um, then they have Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. So they went out. They're a one-loss team to Clemson. 
Now, they lost to Clemson pretty handily, so don't get me wrong. I don't believe they're a top-four team as a Hurricanes fan. But, you know, they'll, they'll be, what, 10-1 and one at that point with one loss to a top-four team. Yeah, so you're saying they... But they would get, they would probably... They'd no, get a New Year's Six, though, you're saying. They Well, they I don't know. They might go to New Year's Six. It depends. Uh, Notre Dame would be probably the pick for the Orange Bowl. Mm-hmm. So then where do they go? Maybe the Peach Bowl, the Fiesta Bowl. I don't know. I'm just happy that we're sitting here talking about this, man. Yeah. This summer I thought this wasn't even uh, – this exa- might not uh, even happen. <laughs> and, it's and just crazy. It's mind-boggling to think yeah. that all, all these scenarios, that, you know, could happen, probably won't. You know, we'll, we'll see Bama beat Florida most likely. And, yeah, for the, uh, the look headline – we talked about it last week, but the look headline is out today, William Hill, minus 14. Alabama's minus 14 against Florida. Yep, yep. So, you know. This, the scenario that we're talking about here, again, minus 14-point favorite losing, probably not going to happen, could happen for sure. Uh, and to that point, great transition, though. Right? Heisman Trophy, we talked about this at length last week, guys. Uh, it is a two-man race at this point. Kyle Trask, minus 125 at DraftKings. Mac Jones, plus 100. If you flip over to FanDuel, their Heisman odds have Mac Jones at minus 135 and Kyle Trask, plus 100. So why do I say that? You could take Kyle Trask, plus uh, 110 at FanDuel. You take Mac Jones plus 100 at DraftKings and sort of have a free roll there because one of those two guys is winning. Well, so and also always, if, always shop. Always if you shop. T- ACL, if you took our advice last week of taking Mac Jones plus 150. There we go. And then you can go to FanDuel and take Trask plus 110, which I would still advise to wait and not take that because Bama's going to most likely beat Florida as two touchdown favorites. Mm-hmm. You're going to get much more value on Trask later. You have a plus 150 ticket with Mac Jones. You can then take Trask later or you let it ride at Mac Jones plus 150, or if you took it earlier than that when Lawrence and uh, Fields were, were the favorites, you're sitting pretty right now. So hold your ticket on Mac Jones if you have it, plus 150. Uh, wait for this game to happen. Uh, if you think UF is going to win that game, just take UF money line. And, Couldn't have said uh, it better myself. You are exactly right, and that's how to kind of play the futures market guys with the game market. And, and, and you know, Wags and I talked about it last week. This Heisman market – essentially lines up perfectly with the SEC title game this year. It usually doesn't happen like that, but it, it, it just did. And uh, this week, Florida minus 23 against LSU at home. Uh, the way LSU looked last week, uh, they might cancel that game if they can somehow get yeah. to it. And Alabama is minus 32.5 at Arkansas this weekend. So expect lots of numbers from Mr. Mac Jones. That's a game I will touch upon a little bit later. But, yeah. Yeah, Next I was, highest on the board, Justin Fields at twenty to one. So crazy. I was I was looking at the uh, Trask and and Jones um, numbers from last week, and yep. you know you you might see Trask has slightly higher numbers at the end of the day, but Trask also th- and and I'm talking slightly higher, forty five yards, about forty eight yards more, but he threw the ball twenty two times more. Mm. Um, you know, Bama runs the ball. They ran forty times last week versus Florida running the ball 15 times. So, yeah. It's a great point because a lot of those runs are in the third, fourth quarter when they're up by 40 points. Exactly. And they have, a, they have a strong running game, right? Yeah. So they have a very balanced attack. Mac Jones still putting up these crazy numbers. Trask throws 90% of the game. Um, and, yeah, don't get me wrong. Trask is very good. He's been amazing. Definitely a Heisman candidate, top two. I just think Mac Jones – um, when they beat Florida, is going to be the favorite and most likely win. I, if I had to vote now, I'd vote for Mac Jones. Yep. Um, plays on the number one team. They're undefeated, which I think should count for something here. And if you really, really, really look at the second half of Alabama games, first of all, he's not playing in some of them. Second of all, they literally hand the ball off the entire fourth quarter just to run the clock out. Yep. So, I mean, <laughs> the reason they're doing that is because they're ahead by so much because of Mac Jones. So, I think you got to sort of dive into it a little bit deeper there. But, uh, yeah, they're playing Arkansas this week, Wags. Arkansas. He's going to put up some numbers. Just oh, saying. Yeah. Just saying. Okay. Uh, all right, let's move to the National Football League. We talked about it last week, the Browns. I believe you had them uh, as part of a teaser. Great leg there. They were up, what, 38-10? to 10? Something like that? Sitting real nice. Um, Yeah, I I love this game, man. I love this game. I love the Browns in this game. Uh, I'm kind of upset that I didn't put it on the card as a regular play because I already had it locked in 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 our podcast uh, Mm -hmm. teaser, which somehow lost as the Giants pull the upset on the road in Seattle. Weird game. Seattle's only home loss 
to Colt McCoy and the and the four and seven at the time Giants. Um, but again, back to the Browns. Uh, Baker had a day. They completely outcoached, outplayed Tennessee all day long, up and down the field until the end of the game. Tennessee started to kind of claw their way back as Browns went into you know somewhat of a prevent defense. But um, you know they they weren't letting King Henry get any momentum. They were attacking him, getting into the backfield, and um, you know it's exactly what I said last week on the podcast, which is why I gave this play. They were going to slow down Henry force you know the the passing game um you know i thought the browns were going to run more but uh they were very balanced uh even a little bit more pass heavy and and baker played really well i mean kind of uh we haven't seen it from him uh consistently but he he looked good he looked good indeed the cleveland browns don't you know look out now nine and three (laughs) they play the steelers week 17 they're two games back but things could happen i mean pittsburgh is a dog this week at buffalo so they are supposed to lose they are supposed to be 11 and 2 after this week um cleveland's a one-point dog as well to the ravens so we'll see what happens there but if pittsburgh loses and cleveland wins they're a game back and they played them week 17 so uh, i'm not going to say that cleveland's going to catch the chiefs for that number one spot but they could certainly see themselves in the number two spot if they could somehow win this division so the cleveland browns are right there have a nice plus money ticket on them to make the playoffs and that i made preseason which i think should get there with uh, probably one more win we'll, we'll clinch it if they get to 10 that's that's you know feeling pretty good about that so uh stefanski i mean people are talking about flores obviously tomlin um i heard some shanahan stuff some mcdermott stuff i'm talking about coach of the year now in the nfl i mean you talk about stefanski this guy the cleveland browns are nine and three baker mayfield is your quarterback is nine and three and it's essentially the same team as last year minus odell beckham so i think that this guy should definitely be getting some coach of the year votes Absolutely. I, I talked about it on our uh, preseason pod as well, that this guy was going to turn the Browns around and um, coming out of Minnesota, he runs a very, you know, kind of balanced run heavy attack. He likes to get in there and, and play smash mouth football. And I, th- I think, you know, he was the right hire to come in and really take over. And, and um, you know, he's done it. He's done a phenomenal job so far. He has indeed. From doing a phenomenal job to doing a phenomenal job at losing. We now talk about the New York Jets. Adam Gase, Greg Williams calls a full-out blitz on the final play of that game. As everyone knows, I had the Raiders down to pick them. I had the Raiders team total uh, over, so that was a good call by Greg Williams, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. How about about those texts going back and forth between you and I, ACO? Yeah. F- FML, oh my God, can you believe this? Oh, I can't believe the Jet, you know, the Raiders are going to lose to the Jets too. Uh, oh my uh, God, OMFG, holy, you know, crap. Adam he, Gase he just, strikes again, baby. Yeah, Adam Gase, this is insane. And then we learn, you know, kind of, you know, at first you don't realize he's calling an all-out blitz. You, you just see his car step up in the pocket and, and toss that ball up, and you're like, wait, why is there single coverage? Wait, yeah. why is he behind him? You know, the number one rule that you grow up, as a defensive back learning, you know, from junior high on is the number one rule is don't get beat deep. Okay. That's it. Keep it. The guy in front of you, this guy gets beat deep. Um, you know, at first I was like, you know, after I heard he called the all up blitz, I'm like, mm, you know, I could see it. You know, maybe you're, you're expect you're like, nobody's expecting it. Right. You're definitely, nobody's ever calling an all up blitz. You get to him quick. Uh, and you sack him, but Carr, you know that the pocket opened up. Uh, he stepped up. He made a great play, um, you know. And this guy was streaking down the sidelines and hit him right on the money. It was, um, it was incredible. It was uh, what a what a pass, what a play. But yeah, that call is beyond me. And and guess what? Gase gets a, a scapegoat a little bit. You know that'll buy him another two weeks. I mean, I know they're they're sticking with him. I mean, no matter what. Been, yeah, he would have been fired six weeks ago. Um, if they had any normal GM and management, but you know, they obviously want to keep them around. They want to keep losing. They want to get Lawrence and, and that's the strategy. And, you know, Greg Williams gets, uh, gets cut. Um, you know, he definitely made a terrible decision, uh, with this all up blitz, but you know, that saves Gase, uh, at least, you know, gives the media something in New York to talk about, 
um, other than fire Gase. I love how Gase is out there firing the guy like four weeks before he's going to get fired. Yep. You know, trying to sort of establish himself. Right. I'm right. the guy here. I'm going to fire my DC after that call. I mean, have some self-awareness. Uh, people talking about the Jets were trying to lose all this. No. If you watch the game, the, the drive before that, they actually stuffed the Raiders. It was, it was first and goal for the Raiders. And the Jets played really, really great goal line defense. And on fourth and goal, they, they stopped them. Looked like the game was over. The Raiders got the ball back. But, I mean, you could tell that the Jets were trying to win this game. So, oh, Greg Williams is just something. a moron. When I, after talking to several players in the NFL and several you know old players that have retired, even if you're on the worst team, you never try to tank. You yeah. do not do it. I mean, there might be management that kind of makes decisions that, that it looks like that. But as a player and as a coach – you are not trying to lose the game. That's it. I mean, you just you, you, there's pride. There, you know, they made it to the NFL based on a competitive nature. That's how you get to the NFL. You're the cream of the crop. You compete against the best. You're not going to sit back and say, "Oh, um, you know, I want to tank for for Lawrence." Well, guess what? You might not even be on the team next year. So these guys are trying uh, to win every game. Yes, they are. In current odds, guys. Will the Jets go 0 16? Yes is now a favorite. Minus 125 for the New York Jets to go 0 16. Plus 100 if you want to say no. They have four games left. They're at Seattle this Sunday. They are currently plus 13 dogs, point dogs. The next week, December 20th, week 15, at the Rams. They will be double digit dogs there. Week 16, they're back at home against the Cleveland Browns. They're going to be substantial dogs there. Week 17, and this is where it gets interesting, Wags. Week 17. Sunday afternoon, the New York Jets are at the New England Patriots. Just hear me out on this one. I, I already know where this is going. The Jets are 0-15. They're going into that game January 3rd, Week 17 at New England. And you're, telling me, and you're telling me the Jaguars are 1-14. And, and I'm telling you, yeah, I'm telling you that if the Jets lose this game, they clinch Trevor Lawrence. And I'm telling you if the Jets somehow win this game, they screw it up and get the number two pick. They're going to be 10-point dogs, say, whatever it is at that point. If you're Bill Belichick, your team's out of the playoffs. You probably want to get a better draft pick anyway. If you could lose this game somehow and prevent yourself having to deal with Trevor Lawrence twice a year for the next however many years you're still there, wouldn't that at least cross your mind? Oh, 100%. And the best excuse there is out there is, oh, it's week 17. I'm going to bet. I'm going to. You know, you're, I'm not in the playoffs. Like most teams will actually put all their starters in if mm-hmm. you're not in. But he might say, "Look, I, you know, Cam Newton. You know, I want to, I wanted him to get an extra week, you know, to to get better. And he, you know, his shoulders still hurting him. Blah, I want to see blah, how blah. Jared Stidham does. Right. one we, last time. Right. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, let's. We want to analyze some of our our younger guys. I can absolutely see that. Now, I will tell you that I got in on the just end the season jets go zero and 16 mm-hmm. um when did i make this uh bet? that was plus uh, money a few weeks ago I october 21st oh nice um so this is several several weeks ago when this prop Week came seven. out yeah. plus 325 nice yeah so uh, um i'm happy with that because if it does get to week 17 i will be hedging that yeah i mean if any coach, I'm not, and again, we talk about tanking. I'm not saying that Pelichick's going to go sit in the locker room and tell his guys to lose, but he might, you know, change the lineup, we'll say a little bit. If any coach could deal with losing to the 0 15 Jets and not have to take a bunch of BS for it, it's him. I mean, what, what, what are they going to say? Belichick's a, some bum now because he lost to the Jets? No. So he has to know that. And, uh, I don't know, just something to kind of think about there. I'm not sure that they would be putting in their full effort to uh, ensure that the Jets get Trevor Lawrence. Just a thought. Uh, before we move on, the I wanted to mention this, Wags. On FanDuel, they have uh, who will be the next coach of the Detroit Lions. The odds uh, just came out today. Okay. So you can literally bet on who will be the next permanent head coach. Not the interim, but like who the Lions hire as the next permanent head coach. Robert Salah is plus 150, the D.C. of San Francisco, which is interesting because a bunch of the Michigan legislatures – uh, legislators, excuse me, literally wrote a letter to the owner of the Lions on Monday requesting that they hire Robert Salah. So, I don't know. With everything going on in the state of Michigan, you would think that these folks have some other things to uh, to attend to or matters to get to, but they wanted to write a letter to, to the Detroit Lions asking to hire Robert Salah. Okay, fine. Jim Harbaugh, 6-1. Eric Bienemy, 7-1. That Harbaugh, 6-1, is actually not bad because he's probably on his way out. 
of Michigan. However, Wags, I wanted to point out, if you keep scrolling, keep scrolling, keep scrolling, the name at the <laughs> bottom – you just scrolled, I saw it. Uh, the, the name at the bottom of the list that they actually have listed at 34-1 to 1 to be the next head coach of the Detroit Lions your boy. is Adam Gase. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess they put that there as kind of like a joke. Or maybe people will think, oh, he has head coaching experience. Let's hire him. Maybe we'll t- put a bet on him. Please but... don't take it. Please yeah, do guys, not take it. If you're taking Adam Gase at 34 to 1. Please don't. I like Brian Dabble. Oh, right. He's good. Uh, 16, 16 to 1. I actually like Harbaugh at 6 to 1 because yeah. I think Michigan's, from what I'm hearing, that they are basically telling him that he's going to have to take a pay cut or he can go try to find an NFL team now. Does he want to stay in the state of Michigan? Does he want to deal with the Detroit Lions and all that? That's another story. But um, I don't know. It's tough to just see teams hiring these defensive guys these days. In Robert right. Lincoln, Lincoln, Lincoln Riley, 10-1. 10 10 to to yeah. I mean, if you think they're going to go offense. Look, you know what? Detroit needs – I mean, they, they've been missing a defense for God knows how long. So They need a quarterback too. I mean, I, I like Stafford, but if you figure he's got a few years left, they're probably going to be looking quarterback pretty soon as well. So yeah, absolutely. Those odds are always fun to look at. Um, the – Pittsburgh Steelers, Wags, lost their first game to the Washington football team a couple days ago. Um, you don't it, say. I, yeah, exactly. Uh, n- nice play by either. Um, this was an interesting game. I mean, it was a horrible scheduling spot for Pittsburgh. They had, I believe it was Wednesday to Monday, I want to say. Yep. Right, well, Washington, something like that. Yeah, Wednesday to Monday. Yeah, Washington had the extra rest off Thanksgiving, so a, a really good situational spot there. Now Washington has to go out to play San Francisco in Arizona. So now they have this whole big win against an 11-0 team. They're talking all this trash on Twitter. Now they have to go out to San Francisco, who just got embarrassed on Monday Night Football against Buffalo. So take a look at that situational thing going on there. But, uh, look, Alex Smith-Wags, we talked about it. I had a, I think it was 5-1 to one plus 500 preseason future on comeback player of the year. I can basically just cash that winner, ticket at this winner, point winner. now, right? Yeah, absolutely. Winner, winner right there. Look, I had Washington, obviously, in the tees. Um, we cashed on that one to finish up uh, with uh, the Ravens who smoked – Mike uh, McCarthy, baby. Oh, yeah. The Cowboys, uh, couple, what was it, yesterday? It's, it's crazy. Um, a Tuesday game. Um, but, yeah, I also tweeted out I had a um, you know personal play kind of, you know, I like to play these four-team parlays uh, every week that um, cashed with uh, the Redskins. I think they were, what, plus 250 or something like that on the ticket uh, on the money line. So, obviously, I liked Washington. I think they were in a good spot that game. And... Um, you know, obviously, it was a terrible game to watch. If, if you you were able to to watch any of it, I know I know that there was um, some TV issues there, but uh, yeah, I mean, look, the Steelers have the monkey off their back. I I also don't think that they're like the Chiefs, who if they the Chiefs were eleven and zero and they just lost, um, you know, they probably went out. The Steelers have a tough situation. Uh, they have to go to Buffalo, then they have home versus Indianapolis, and then they finish the season. I forget who they play in between, but they finish the season the at Cleveland. Yeah, right. So they'll, you know, they should win that. But finish the season at Cleveland, um, where the Chiefs. You know, we're talking about them both being eleven and one. Uh, Chiefs basically ha- are on the road at Miami this week, which is a tough game. Um, coming down here, uh, it's supposed to be eighty degrees. Uh, I think on the weekend. And then they have to go to New Orleans back-to-back. So two tough games, and then they finish the season with kind of uh, a couple of, you know, should-win games. So um, I definitely think this home field advantage is up in the air between these two. Yeah. I mean, if uh, again, it's very different this year because the one seed gets a bye, whereas in the years past it was the one and two seed gets the bye. So not only does the one seed get home field throughout, but they have a bye in round one. So, you know, the, the, the two seed – it's going to get home field for that round one and round two, but they they have to win one extra game. So yeah. massive, massive decisions going on there. The Kansas City Chiefs, uh, pretty substantial favorites here. They are now minus 110 to win the AFC. So it's basically the Chiefs versus the field at this point to win the AFC. Who you got? Uh, Chiefs minus 110, the field minus 110. Steelers are 4-1 to one if you want to take them. Buffalo 8-1, to one. Baltimore down to 11-1. to one. Cleveland Browns 14-1 to one, and the Colts are 14-1. You can take a shot with the Houston Texans wags at 250-1 to one if you want. Yeah, you know, I'll, uh, 
it's tough to bet against Mahomes and the Chiefs, especially with the Chiefs defense playing the way it is. I mean, if I had a gun to my head right now, I'd take the Chiefs first to field. But um, there is definitely some good value uh, with the field, some of these teams out there. So, Especially uh, with the COVID stuff, man. I mean, Patrick Mahomes gets COVID for two weeks oof. in the middle of the playoffs. What was it? Matt Moore, I think, is, is, is the guy. Um, Damon Hewitt, I don't know. I'm just making them names here. <laughs> you know, I, I, I think it's Matt Moore. But um, – you know, you're probably going to win that field bet if that happens. So Absolutely. Um, all right, Wags. We talked about this last week. The New England Patriots played the Chargers this week. The It was around Pick'em. It got bet up by some professional groups. I'll call them math guys, as I've been tweeting out this week. Up to Chargers minus two. Pure numbers, pure power rankings, mine included, everyone's basically had the Chargers as the better team at home. On paper, the Chargers are the better than New England at home. They should be favored in that game. However, it is not that easy to simply plug in two teams and spit out a number and then go bet it. Anthony Lynn versus Bill Belichick, arguably the biggest coaching mismatch in professional sports. Um, and what happens, the game goes off and it ends, I think it's 28 nothing at halftime. Anthony Lynn setting up for like a 50-something yard field goal at the end. As time expires, it gets blocked. They go in. The, uh, to end the half in the game, it's 45 nothing. So one of those things, guys, where it's not just as easy as, as you know power rankings and all that. You really got to look at situational factors, home field, and, of course, coaching. Coaching matters in this league. Bill Belichick had a scheme ready, and he's notoriously known for his amazing detail, especially on the special teams, whereas the Chargers special teams has re- ranked dead last every single year the last three years. So you big, big game for, the, for them there. You warned me. I, uh, you know, took my numbers and I took. You didn't bet. You didn't bet the Patriots, the Chargers, no, though. No, no, no. You, I yeah. took. I took the Patriots team total under. I Very different. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely different. But um, you know, I probably should have stayed away from this game. And you know, this is that fundamental versus quant fund situation. Mm-hmm. For those who don't know how hedge funds work, there, you know, there's a fundamental side who basically are humans who take the data, analyze the data and make trades. And then there's the quant side, which is kind of newish, uh, where they're basically plugging in data into their system and the system is making the, the, the picks and, and the trades. Um, you know, you put all the numbers in, you don't analyze the coach, you don't analyze certain situations like that. Um, you're going to come out with the chargers in that game. And, and this is a complete Belichick versus Lynn, um, matchup and, and the reason why this was so one-sided um you know a lot of people were like oh i had herbert in my fantasy league the guy stinks he's he's overrated as a rookie this and that and, and that's not the case at all the guy's still very good uh he just got he just ran into a bad situation and uh belichick just was ready for him they got out coached they got outplayed they got out everything um in that game and they got smoked Yes, they did. Justin Herbert is still the favorite to win Offensive Rookie of the Year, although Justin Jefferson is quickly catching up on him. I know some people talking about Tua as well, but that's not going to happen because, I mean, the Offensive Rookie of the Year is is much more than compared to the MVP based on stats as opposed to wins, right? So because they look at it like, okay, he's a rookie, we'll kind of give him a break if they only have three, four wins, something like that. So, you know, if the Chargers end up, say, at four wins, but Herbert is – breaks a ton of rookie records, has a ton of touchdown passes, he's going to get it as opposed to Tua. Say that he's on a 10-win Dolphins team, but he doesn't have near the stats that Herbert has. They're going to go with Herbert as far as the offensive rookie of the year award. So save your money on uh, on Tua there, in my opinion. Um, Wags, we each had, and this hasn't happened this year, I mean, we, we both had a multi-unit play on the same game here. As we always do, we compare notes, we talk games out throughout the week, and we both landed on the Rams here. I had them for... Uh, Three units, you had them for two units, minus two and a half at the Cardinals. We both love the situational spot. We love the X's and O spot. We love the coaching matchup. McVay, 7-0 and o now. ATS, not only straight up, ATS against this Arizona Cardinals team. They were coming off that embarrassing loss to the Niners at home in a really bad spot. Last week, we were on that Niners team as well last week. But just an awesome spot for the Rams here. Always love cashing those. You know, five units combined. Essentially the equivalent of a max play there. Uh as the Rams got it done against the Cardinals there. Yeah, that was huge. And again, as ACL mentioned to all of our listeners, we actually do our own capping. We sit down, you know, however ACL caps on the computer, you know, whether it's writing down on paper like I do because I'm old school like that. Yeah, you are. And I write down all my numbers and then go through all my whole process. Um, We then, 
on you know either the night before or early that morning of, of game day basically compare what games we have um and you know acl actually sent his plays to me and i was like ha you got a three unit on the rams i got a two unit it's gonna be great mm-hmm. um and sure enough it cashed it like acl just mentioned great situation um the matchups were even better not even just coaching but all over the field uh the rams defense to you know be able to shut down the receiving game even though that first long touchdown was, was a you know kind of a, a you know a flub if you will um you know it was just a complete over matchup the rams i'm surprised that they gave up 28 um but you know when you put up 38 that that can happen and, yeah. one uh, of those was a prevent defense at the end yeah of the yeah yeah totally yeah. so um you know a great great spot uh, i wish i had more units on it uh mm-hmm. hindsight hindsight but um it is what it is good win there real quick wags before we jump into these two games here uh nfc east giants now minus 143 to win and i talked to, i don't know three four weeks ago about how i liked him and i believe it was plus 350 at the time uh washington football team plus 140 Eagles fourteen to one, Dallas forty to one. Basically, it's a two-team race at this point: Giants and then uh, Washington. Yeah, I actually I like Washington. Um, okay. You know, I think Giants obviously. You know, they're they're a huge market team. Um, they are playing better, uh, and I'm not saying anything against that. I, I've liked Washington all year. I kind of believe in Washington. I think that they do a really good job in the trenches. I like their coach. Um, you know, Rivera. He's obviously in a new situation he's going through some obviously some health issues but um i think the players are playing for him i think they believe in their team um you know i also like this feel good story with alex smith and i think uh you know they're writing this story out uh, in front of our eyes and and i kind of believe in that stuff so um you know not too much but uh i've seen it happen before and I, i'll take washington plus uh, 150 um to win this division yeah, it is a great story what's going on there in Washington. They are plus three, plus three and a half with some juice this weekend at the night at the San Francisco 49ers. The Giants find themselves about plus two and a half, plus three point home dogs against Arizona. Wags moving on to the top college game of the weekend. We talked about it a little bit earlier. North Carolina versus Miami. Really intriguing game here. Miami, a three-point favorite at home versus North Carolina with a total of 66 and a half. Miami coming in off a beatdown of Duke, 48-0, in a game where they outgained Duke in total yards, 524-177. to uh, This is a season finale for North Carolina, and what's been kind of an up-and-down season for them, they cracked the top 10. I believe they were actually number 5, as high as number 5 at one point when they were uh, playing that game against Florida State. They lost games they were favored in. Last week they got a bingo spot basically by beating uh, a uh, Western Carolina team 49-9, to but... The week prior was the big one for them to really define their season. Home underdogs, around five-point home dogs to Notre Dame. They wind up losing that game by 14. Probably wasn't even all that close. Uh, at this point for North Carolina, I mean, it's basically all about improving their potential bowl berth there. They're 8-3 and three overall and 7-3 and three in conference. But this Miami team, I mean, they look like a completely different team from what we saw last year. Obviously, they get new quarterbacks, some um, some uh, other guys in there as well along the the offensive line. But should be a really intriguing game here. North Carolina at Miami on Saturday. Yep. And again, I keep beating a dead horse here, but everybody knows I'm a Hurricanes fan. Um, I'm going to come into this with uh, you know a clear vision. I think that four weeks ago, I pretty much had this game circled as almost a five star um, play. You actually mentioned that to me. Yeah. Yes, you did. That's um, true. In all sorts of different ways. I like the over. I like North Carolina team total over. Um, the Miami defense uh, really, uh, especially defensive backs, didn't look so great um, all season. You know, a lot overrated. I think um, uh, Bubba Bolden is a Jim, For- Jim Thorpe finalist this year. I don't know how that's even possible. Um, to be honest, like he, he's, he's an okay player. I was literally just talking to a buddy, uh, the other day about this, who's also a Hurricanes fan. And, um, you know, he's just, he's just not great. He he's, he's kind of overhyped. He's a little overrated. Um, but then I watched them play last week against, uh, again, against Duke, but Duke has a pretty decent offense. They give up a ton of points, which is why Miami scored 48. Um, but they held, they held them. I mean, they shut them out. 48 nothing. They dominated that game. They all Miami always struggles up in North Carolina, especially at Duke. Um, I think, you know, there's 
plenty of articles out there. I think Randy Shannon always used to talk about hating going to Duke because you know, visiting locker rooms like three miles from the stadium <laughs> and it's such a long walk and all this stuff. But Miami went up there. Uh, they had all this time off, and they didn't come out flat. They came out. They had the foot on the pedal the entire game, and I was very impressed with Miami because usually I'm, I'm very overanalytical about the Hurricanes. Um, so I'm a little tentative to, to pull the trigger. I also see – there's the the line the over uh, total opened up at like sixty seven and a half and it dropped so interesting there don't really like uh, you know I'm kind of pumping the brake a little bit I want to see how this total moves um, but that said in these situations Miami always kind of plays and turns it up um, I'm curious to see how they do uh, I want to see if they take a, a note out of what Florida State did to UNC and what Notre Dame did to US, UNC which was put pressure um, significant pressure uh, on the quarterback on Howell um, so We'll see if they're able to do that and capitalize off that. I mean, Miami's front four is great. Their linebackers are mediocre, average at best. And the secondary is a big question mark. Uh, I think North Carolina is without one of their top receivers, so that's going to be interesting to watch. Um, but one constant Miami's had is the quarterback, Derek King, uh, the transfer from Houston. He's been great all year long. Um, and something to keep, uh, something to note, uh, is that a lot of these Miami players have just, you know, just recently, as as you know, er, as recent as today, saying how they're all going to come back next year. I think they're starting to kind of talk trash a little bit. They open up next year against Alabama, um, and they're starting to run Ooh. their mouths already. Uh, and, and I think I think that's um, it's going to be interesting because if they're starting to believe now and they're starting to kind of talk about all coming back next year. You know, it kind of gives that family feel, and that's what teams need. And, and if they start believing now, um, I would look to see Miami kind of put it on North Carolina. Um, but, again, I'm going to wait and see. I'm not making that decision. Also, I am a Miami fan, so uh, don't let that think, you know, make you run to Miami and bet this immediately. Uh, let's see what happens this week. Um, but, yeah, Miami as a favorite, three-point favorite at home. Uh, they, ha they haven't been at home uh, in several weeks now. So uh, really looking forward to this game. And, again, if they, if they win against North Carolina, they have Georgia Tech next week, which, again, they should win. They'll be 10-1 and one, um, and kind of makes it a big conversation going into next year. Miami opens the season against Alabama in Atlanta, assuming, you know, COVID is kind of curbed at that point. So um, it's going to be a great game. It's going to be a really, really good game. It's a 3.30 kickoff uh, also. I think that kind of plays in Miami's favor because the heat. And mm -hmm. uh, will UNC be ready for that? Should be a good one. Yeah, Miami has not played a home game since week 8, October 24th, where they beat Virginia 19-14. to So they've had three road games since then, and two games postponed. So exactly. I think you assume that they'll be excited to get back out there. As you move to the NFL, the biggest NFL, there, you know, Pittsburgh is playing Buffalo for sure Sunday night, but I think the other biggest game, Wags, is also in Hard Rock Stadium in the city of Miami or the city of uh, Miami Gardens. Miami Gardens, Florida, technically, right? That's what, yes. that's what they're calling it these days. Miami Gardens, Florida, Hard Rock Stadium. The Kansas City Chiefs are playing the Miami Dolphins. Kansas City minus seven on the road in this game, total 49.5. Chiefs come into this one off, of course, the divisional win versus the Denver Broncos on Sunday Night Football. They have the potential Super Bowl matchup next week versus the Saints. So t keep that in mind. Always look at who the team's playing next. Uh, obviously, it's a non-conference game, but games where they have a potential Super Bowl matchup, I always kind of flag. Uh, the last four games for the Chief Wags, 4-0 straight up, 0-4 ATS. This team has not covered a game since November 1st when they beat the New York Jets as 20-point favorites and covered that game. Miami Dolphins, on the other hand, won and covered last week versus the Bengals. Uh, the Dolphins have now won seven of their last eight games. And they need this game to keep their wild card hopes, of course, alive, as well as the potential division hopes, as crazy as that sounds. They're only a game behind the Buffalo Bills. Uh, if you had said that at the, at the beginning of the year, you know, people were talking about whether it's going to be Buffalo or New England. I don't think anybody was talking the Jets. And a few people may be talking Miami, but they certainly overperformed up to this point. They've already gone over their season win total. Uh, Tua last week, not so great in the first half. 
came out, looked great in the second half, ended up 26 of 39 for 296 and a touchdown pass. We talked about him, rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year. I don't see it just because of the numbers, and that's more of a numbers award as opposed to a wins award. Uh, On the year, he's 86 of 163, 63% passing, seven touchdowns, no picks though, but he's only averaging 2.1 yards on the ground. Uh, But this is an interesting game. I mean, whenever a team has to travel, you know, across the country, halfway across the country and play Miami uh, in kind of that humid-ish weather. I know it's December, but it's still somewhat warm down there. Uh, and then, of course, they have that, them being the Chiefs, had that not-so-great look-ahead spot. Um, you always want to take at least a look at the home dog here, potentially. Yeah, it's an interesting game, um, especially for me. Most people who know me well know that I um, grew up, obviously, a Dolphins fan, and then I met... Um, a certain player who wore number 13 and was a quarterback for the Miami Dolphins when I was young, and he was he was an asshole. <laughs> so I was lost. <laughs> I didn't know what to do at that point. So what did I do? I wanted to choose and, and pick a team that nobody was a fan of in, in my area. And who was, who was that? It was the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. So I was a Chiefs fan until the uh, Dolphins got rid of Marino. Uh, Went back to the Dolphins um, and kind of have a special place in my heart for the Chiefs. So I like the Chiefs with, with when they had Christian Okoye and Barry Word and then Derek Ma- Thomas. That was your yeah. boy. Oh, that was, yeah, you know, rest in peace. Um, yep. Yep. Great, great player. Uh, then they got Neil Smith from the Bills and they, and they were rocking. The Chiefs were good. Um, and they'd always go to the playoffs and lose in the first round. But not anymore. The Chiefs are legit. Um, and this is going to be a really, really tough test for the Dolphins. Um, you know, their defense has been really keeping them in games. Uh, I'm really, really excited to see what Flores has for some, so, you know, for this type of offense because it, this offense is <laughs> special. Um, so it's going to be a really, really uh, fun game to watch from a coaching perspective and to see what Flores can, you know, kind of has up his sleeve for Mahomes and if he can. Uh, contain him and, and put in some special defenses that, that make him uh, second-guess and make mistakes. I'm curious your rankings as far as Fitz Magic versus Tua. I actually downgrade the Dolphins if they start Tua versus Fitzpatrick. Not to say that you know years from now Tua won't be great and lead them to titles. But I'm talking about this week, this game. In other words, if, it's, if they announced that Ryan Fitzpatrick was in as opposed to Tua, I would make the spread lower. Uh, do you agree with that at this point? Are you downgrading the Dolphins if they wind up going with Tua? Okay, so th- this question makes my brain hurt, and, and and there's a couple of different answers. If I'm Vegas, I am definitely downgrading the Dolphins with Tua. Okay, mm-hmm. Fitzpatrick gives them um, a, a certain energy. I mean, he he's done it his his whole career. He takes a lot of chances. He what he does is even if Devontae Parker, I'm going to use him as an example, is covered, Fitzpatrick will throw it to him and and make, you know, Devontae Parker is a big receiver. He'll go up and get the ball and he'll make a big play. Tua is going to try to settle and look for an open guy and he's not going to force anything because he's young and he doesn't he doesn't want to make any mistakes. And that's great. Um, but Fitzpatrick will make those throws and he'll be successful making those throws because Devonte Parker is a guy who will go up and get it. Now I have conversations with a lot of my friends who are huge Miami Dolphins fans and they love Tua and they think that I hate on Tua and that's not the case. I just think that Fitzpatrick gives the Dolphins a better chance at winning now. Um, I think Tua is the answer down the line and he will be the quarterback in Miami for a long time. Um, but I think that if you want to win now, you want to go to the playoffs and win now, you start Fitzpatrick. The issue, though, and why it makes my brain hurt is if you do that, how does it affect and impact to a long term? Is he somebody who can handle that? Can he handle taking a back seat even though he got thrown into it? You know, is he going to think, oh, it's my fault? No, you're actually doing a very good job. Um, but right now we need Fitzpatrick in there because he's going to give us the best chance to beat a team like Kansas City and yeah. to go f- deep into the playoffs. And, and you're just not there yet because you're you're a little scared, to be honest. And, and that's what he is. He's he's not going to make mistakes, but he's also not going to have a 400 yard passing game because he's not going to throw the ball up and, and, and try to make 
make his stars make plays. Well said. So and yeah, I, look, if you're the Dolphins, I mean, you're eight and three. You're sorry, eight and four. I mean, you're right there for the playoffs. So the question is, does Tua give you the best chance to win now? I would argue no, but I also understand the argument of, yeah. you know, you might have a top ten pick this year because they have the Houston Texans first round pick. So say that they had been playing Tua this whole time and he has been terrible. Not that he has, but say that he was awful, and you quickly realize he ain't it. He ain't the guy. Maybe you go out and draft another quarterback round one. Obviously, they don't have to do that because he's played pretty well. But uh, I can understand certainly both sides. Of, well, uh, well, here's a question. Him. Now, the the Dolphins have two first-round picks, theirs and Houston's, or do they have three? Do they have I don't another? know off the top of my head. Okay. Now, now, if they did have three or they have an early one in the second round – and you're the Dolphins, and two is out there, and he's okay. Now, is it something where you would trade the Jets, assuming they get the first-round pick, Tua, another first-round pick, and your set first second-round pick for that number one spot? What would the if, Jets do to get Lawrence? If you, The answer to that, in my opinion, if you're the Dolphins, you do that in a heartbeat. If you're the Jets, you don't even pick up the phone. I mean, okay. if you have a chance to get a, in my view, John Elway, Andrew Luck, kind of that guy that really looks. Like, I mean, he's potentially you know, a, he's potentially Peyton Manning who can run. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, I he, mean he like think based about on that. You know, if if you kind of read the 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 draft guys who rank these quarterbacks, and they haven't been wrong about the guys at the very 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 top, that's where they put Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. So yeah, I don't I don't disagree, but I mean I think it I mean I would definitely answer the phone right because sure. you're. To get Tua, who yeah I know, I know, but to get Tua, who who's legit, okay, or or like even even if he wasn't tank, doing, let's say he was doing the way he's doing, he's good, and the Dolphins say, hey, we got a future with Tua, I think he's good, okay, now you're gonna get Tua, a first round pick, uh, your your top five pick possibly with uh, Houston's pick, and then a first, you know, top let's call it thirty five pick in in the second your your first pick in the second round. Mm-hmm. So those are, you know, you got Tua, who's a top five pick. Let's call him top ten pick. Another top ten pick. Then a, a first early pick in the second round to get Lauren. You know, I would pick up the phone. I'm not saying I would do it, but, um, you know, it definitely makes things interesting. And would Miami do it? I don't, yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, I mean, they got all this draft capital from essentially tanking, quote, unquote, last year. Right. And it's done I think that this team is well far ahead of schedule. I think if you yeah. gave Brian Flores truth storm, you would have said he expected this maybe a year or two from now. Look, but, I had I had the Dolphins under. I did not think they would yeah. be this good. I believed in Flores. I thought that Tua would have a much more t- – I thought the team would have a tough time with Tua transitioning to a lefty quarterback. They did a smart thing by taking that bye week, um, and everybody questioned it off to give Tua and the team – enough time to prepare and hey look their defense came to play flores is is legit so you know good for the dolphins they they've you know out outperformed my expectations and i think they're going to go to the playoffs so do i i think at a minimum uh Obviously, at a minimum, they're looking at a wild card, but uh, I, I think it's going to be tough to uh, to win the division. But um, you know, look, if they can get in there in that six or six seed, seven seed, maybe win a road playoff game, maybe make things interesting. Who knows? They'd be far, well, far ahead of schedule. So good, looking good, certainly going in the right direction there for the Miami Dolphins. Um, all right, Wags. Monday Night Football Contest credit time. No winner this past week. Uh, we did have a winner, of course, in the thousand dollar contest, which was awesome. Been doing that for months now. Nobody's won until this past week, which is great. So Josh Allen, you, you know, kudos to him. Three hundred seventy-five yards. Uh, whatever he had, four touchdowns, and the, the game f- goes over. So that's fourth good. fourth time this year that um, he he did that. So Josh hey, Allen, man, he's been. We're talking about him for MVP. You know, first month of the season, he's not going to win it, obviously. But man, he has certainly become the guy in Buffalo. So good for him. All right, two hundred dollars. $200 contest. I'm about to read three questions about the Monday Night Football game between the Ravens and the Browns this Monday. Uh, the first person to get all three right and the first person to get them in and first and get all three right wins $200 in site credit to therealmysterycl.com. You can enter by DMing your answers to either myself on Twitter or Wags on Twitter or email either of us, acl at therealmysterycl.com or Wags at therealmysterycl.com. Question one. 
Baltimore minus one and a half at the Cleveland Browns. Monday night football, are you taking the Ravens minus one and a half? Or are you taking the Browns plus one and a half? Question two, name the player who will score the last touchdown in the game. Player who will score the last touchdown in the game. Question three, the total number of touchdowns scored in the first half. The total number of touchdowns scored in the first half of the Monday night game. Good luck to everyone who enters. Get them in as quickly as you can because timestamps do count if there's a tie. All right, Mr. Wags, free play time. You want to do the honors? Uh, yeah, I'll go ahead. Let's uh, let's do it. I'm going to go to college this week. I've done a few NFL uh, back to college football. Um, I'm going to go to the Wisconsin-Iowa game. Uh, Iowa has five wins in a row. And um, Wisconsin's coming off a big loss to Indiana. Uh, I'm looking at some of the kind of what I would view as a reverse line movement. And I am actually going to take the visiting team here. I'm going to take Wisconsin off a big loss. I think they're going to come ready to play. I expect them to come ready to play uh, Wisconsin money line. Right now, I believe they're minus one and a half. So I think the money line is at minus 122, actually. Minus 122. I like Wisconsin money line. I'm not going to mess with any uh, overtime victories, potentially, that, uh, you know, or anything like that where, you know, it might be a one or a one-point game. Good stuff. Yeah, that line is um... – you and I were chatting about it. That that line's interesting, shall we say? Yeah. Just Look, I, Wisconsin's a very good team. Um, they haven't played that many games. I think that hurt them last week. I think also Indiana, uh, and I mentioned it on the pod last week uh, that Indiana don't don't sleep on them, even with a backup quarterback. Yeah. Uh, and we talked about it, and he came to play, and Indiana's defense came to play. Um, but I think Wisconsin is 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 legit. Don't don't. You know, think that last week because they lost to Indiana with a back, their quote backup quarterback um, is going to phase them. They're going to come to play, and I like Wisconsin. All right, guys, free play. I'm sticking with college football as well. I'm going with Alabama minus 18 in the first half on Saturday versus Arkansas. Uh, first half line started to come out last night and this morning as we tape here. Uh, minus 18 readily available as the first half line in this one. Uh, I'd rather not mess with the full game spread here. We, we, You know, Wags and I talked about it a little bit earlier. We see Alabama basically just kind of take their foot off the gas in these second halves as they get these big leads, basically just running out the clock. So we're just going to take the first half here. Um, but, I mean, they have consistently come out and put up numbers in these first halves. They continue to try not only win the game, of course, but also get Mac Jones the Heisman Trophy. Uh, Arkansas, it's been a nice story in terms of their preseason expectations. Their season win total was one, so they've won three, which is – Pretty good for them. Uh, but their defense has consistently been shredded against top opponents. They're 92nd in points allowed, giving up 33 points a game. And they just gave up 50 to Missouri this past week. They played Florida and gave up 63 to them. And Alabama's offense, I'd argue, is much better than both Florida and Missouri. So look for Alabama to get ahead in this one early. Maybe take the foot off the gas in the second half, but not something that we're going to have to worry about there as we are taking Alabama minus 18 in the first half on Saturday versus Arkansas. All right, Blags. Um, again, hockey is up hopefully in the next few weeks. NBA package will be up this week. The bowl package will be up this week. Cannot wait for that. The website, guys, therealmrecl.com. We really, again, appreciate if you give us a five-star rating. Rate, subscribe, review the pod. Spread the word about the pod. It is growing at rates probably faster than either of us would have honestly imagined since starting it uh, you know, a few months ago. So that is fantastic. And uh, we love any kind of feedback that you guys have or you know, suggestions on what we should or shouldn't do. So that's always great as well. Yeah, All right, feel, Wags, anything else? I was going to say, yeah, just feel free. I mean, if you want, DM us during the week. If there's things you want to hear about, you know, we're not going to promise that we're going to get to them. But uh, maybe you guys have some some thoughts that are, that are good for us to, to get into. You know, Feel free to shoot us a DM and uh, happy to take a look into it. Maybe we'll talk about it on the pod. Um, college basketball is up. Um, you know, been crushing it. So uh, make sure to uh, sign up for that package. And then uh, again, NHL, obviously, right around the corner. Hopefully, we'll have an announcement um, that that is starting up soon. And then otherwise, holiday season uh, approaching. Um, you know, enjoy it. Enjoy it. Uh, enjoy your time with your family if you're able to get together with them because uh obviously there's um 
some barriers now with COVID and, and whatnot. So uh, hopefully you're able to enjoy the holiday season, enjoy bowl season at, as it approaches, and, and um, able to uh, watch some of these games in the next few weeks. Yeah, man, I can't wait for bowl season. Uh, it's the in, best. In, the in best. normal times, it's, it's probably one of my favorites of the whole year, but especially now. I think I'm just going to enjoy it that much more. Knowing yeah, that, oh, uh, it's going to be incredible, and, and we, we crush it. Bowl season is always a profitable uh, yep. season for us, so um, that's going to be really fun. Uh, enjoy the holidays, enjoy the games, just flipping back and forth through the games, getting my uh, couple of laptops next to you know ready to stream, have three games, four games going at the same time. <laughs> Good stuff. All right, guys. We will be back regular schedule next week, same time. Uh, any questions, you can hit us up on Twitter for WAGS. I am ACL. The real Mr. ACL.com is the site. We will talk to you all same time next week. <laughs>